Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor, and now for something a wee bit extra. This is the Gig Life Podcast Focus Show. In these little mini episodes, my guest and I will talk about their new album or EP. We will sit, we'll listen to some of the songs, we'll find out what those songs are all about, how they were made, and where you can get them from. So my guest today on the Gig Life Podcast Focus Show is Lucy Austin. She has a new six-track EP out called Walking Contradiction. Walking Contradiction is Lucy's first solo studio EP. The songs are a collection of stories based on universal experiences of our shared humanity, love, nostalgia, loneliness, letting go, overcoming and relinquishing control. Some of the songs are based on Lucy's own experiences and some are from stories gathered from others around her. All were written by Lucy in stolen moments of quiet in her otherwise busy home life. A chorus of rhythms of daily life as a wife to one and a mother of five. Lucy believes there is beauty to behold and tales to be told of the mundane moments of life and relationship. The stories, the lyricism and the musicality of each song are the most important parts of Lucy rather than trying to manipulate them stylistically for the sake of fitting into one particular genre. As such, you could say she writes in an eclectic way, which in and of itself can seem like a walking contradiction. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Lucy Austin. All right, I think we're rolling. Lucy Austin, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Sweet, how you going? Yeah, I'm going really well. Actually, it's a bit cold, but (laughs) apart from that. It's bloody um... bit cold in Sydney today. Yeah, yeah, even out here we normally have a bit warmer weather but it's um yeah, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. So you're in you're in Cowra? Yeah, I'm in yep. the central west of New South Wales, so I'm in Cowra and um we've been living here for about 7 years. It's just really it's a lovely place to raise a family. It's beautiful. Yeah, great. Great. And you were saying you were born and raised in Penrith. So yeah. yeah. So did you were you in Penrith the whole time until you moved out to Cowra? Uh, so we were, I was raised in, well, it's actually St. Mary's, so it's just Mary's, a little yep. bit, yep. yeah, yeah, a little bit east of Penrith. Um, but I always said Penrith because people didn't really know St. Mary's. Yep. Um, but yeah, we were raised in, in St. Mary's. It was such a nice place when we were kids. Um, you know, we, we had a really lovely little community there and, um, everybody knew everybody, you know, around the streets and you'd have play and hang out in in people's backyards and yeah. have swimming competitions and, you know, all of the, the fun stuff that kids in the 80s and uh, grew up doing. So that's, that's cool. um, so that was really lovely. And then, yeah, when my husband and I got married, we we lived in St Mary's for a little bit too and then he got a job up in the Blue Mountains and his family lived up there. So we just moved up to the, the top of the mountains and, um, and raised a family up there for about, I think we were in the mountains for about 12 years yep. and then, yeah, we decided about seven years ago to, to move further west and come out to Cowra, so Great. buy a place out here, yeah, Great. which is really nice. We could kind of um, afford to buy something out here, but they had everything, you know, there were there were enough um, amenities and resources out here to raise a family and you sort of weren't living in a one-horse town, mm. um, which we wanted to be able to, you know, give an, like, opportunities to our kids too. And, um, yeah, so we've been here for that time and um, it's, it's just been, it's been uh, such a welcoming place too, which is really lovely. That's, yeah. That's, that's really cool. Very cool. Mm. When did When did music start for you? Wow. I actually, I can't remember life without music, eh? Hey? Cool. Um, my mum 
was um, like she went through the Conservatorium of Music in Sydney, had her lessons down there, and um, and was like went through boarding school and was taught, you know, by the nuns. And I think in that generation, music was was fairly common to have as a little hobby. Mm. Um, but for my mum, it developed into more than that. So she was teaching piano. Um, while we kids were growing up, so she'd be teaching in the lounge room, and we'd have to be quiet in the, you know, in the back room and do our homework and whatever after school. So, um, dad, so my dad's Fijian and uh, mum's Australian. So, um, dad actually, yeah, he he learned how to play guitar, you know, sitting in the village, hanging out with his brothers, and they they just all learnt by ear. And um, of course, they could all sing in amazing like four part harmony, yeah. and um, it just came naturally to them. And so, as a kid, I grew up listening to Dad playing the guitar or the ukulele in the back room, and and then sometimes Mum would play the piano, and then us kids, um, one of four siblings, there was four of us kids, and uh we would just you know gather around the piano and someone would go oh I'll sing lead and the two of us sisters would would go into harmony my brother wasn't really into music he sort of um he was more into rapping and stuff but um yeah it was more us us girls were sort of the ones who uh vocally would would sing up a bit of a storm around the piano with mum and dad so yeah that was that was very early on for me and um, the love of music just, you know, it was just everywhere. So, so mum and dad had record collections, you know, as pretty much everyone did that a really beautiful 1964 HMV, um, record player, like the cool. full stand. Um, I remember them, you know, playing records in the afternoons on a Sunday or we'd, we'd listen to, um, you know, just different TV shows that had music or they'd have the radio on or they'd be dancing in the kitchen. And yeah, music was just really, uh, um, always like a given in our life so I haven't I've never had a life without music in it mm. when did you start songwriting oh man I, I think the first song my sisters and I wrote together was we were about they were probably about nine so my sisters are twins yep. uh so they were about nine so I was about 11 I think and yeah. uh we had a best friend who lived up the road from us about two three houses up and um we'd just hang off the swing set out the backyard and we would pretend we were the bangles or (laughs) (laughs) tina arena or you know someone kate sobrano we just yeah we just heard these songs on the radio and then thought that we were the same as these people and we could just write up some songs and stuff so the first song we wrote was uh, so cheesy and and so ridiculous because of course we had no life experience so we're just writing like love songs at at the age of 11 (laughs) (laughs) repeating themes that we've heard like you know on neighbors or something and um and yeah so anyway but we can we all still know the song it's hilarious that's funny eh? (laughs) that's the thing eh? you always kind of remember your first song you wrote yeah totally we always joke about how late it is but we can't forget it um so yeah and then I I guess throughout my years growing up as a teenager and stuff I just uh, I was really into poetry mum was an English teacher Mm. and a trained English teacher and and so although she wasn't teaching while we were growing up she always gave us a real love of literature and um and you know would read read stories to us and um and dad would tell us stories you know about his Fijian childhood and and upbringing and so I think words have always been uh, super important in my life and have been a a real you know thread line and uh so I started writing poetry and stories and um 
yeah so and then I learned to play some some things on the guitar and it just kind of came from there I'd start to muck around and (laughs) next thing you know you'd have a little hook and you'd have a little a little chorus and you think oh that's okay um but yeah a lot of the time was really us like my sisters and I singing other people's songs you know we'd sing um songs by boys to men or cdb or um you know the the kinds of and i noticed yeah gary Pinto did, yeah. actually recently yeah. and i was like in awe i was like oh, gary Pinto. man i was a fan um, i was a fan too yeah big time yeah oh my yeah. gosh such a big fan <laughs> yeah. in so many ways um so many ways but yeah so i think we we just sort of uh you know listened to those to those songs and um and so we entered talent quests and uh we sang it weddings and funerals and everything in between and uh and and that's sort of how it evolved um that I I realized you know it was definitely something that I wanted to do I just didn't know how like what it would look like basically right so here we are today and we're going to talk about your new EP called Walking Contradiction so yeah let's talk about so what it is it's a six song EP that you released this year and Beginning of this year, January, you released um, the first single off that EP called "Back in Town." Yep, that's cool. right. Very cool. So, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to sit here and we're going to listen to um, snippets of each of those songs, and we're going to talk about those songs. I've been listening to your EP for the last few days, so I've got all the hooks in my head now. So I'll be singing along while we're. Oh, awesome! <laughs> that's, <cool. laughs> that's great. Yeah, I just put my headphones on at work, and and yeah, it's it's great. It's really, really oh, cool. That's so good. Thank cool. you so much. No yeah, I, um, I, I guess the catalyst for writing it was um, uh, I got Ross River virus last year and I was in hospital. I've, I've been doing the, the gigging circuit, you know, playing cover shows and things around the central west of New South Wales. But I was lying in the hospital and I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't um, move. I had my hands were all swollen. I had meningitis at the same time and um, was very ill and I actually got to the point where, you know, for the very first time I had to cancel gigs, which I had never done before. And I started thinking, man, what if, you know, I don't actually get to play again and I don't get to do the the gigging circuit and if I don't play covers, I still, I've got these songs that I've, you know, been storing up for years in my heart and in my mind and they're going to be stuck inside me because I'm not even going to be able to play them out. Like what's going to happen with that? And, yeah, so I thought far out if I actually get well enough to do it, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to record and, you know, and get the songs um, out there. And so that's that's sort of the place from which or the, I guess the, the motivation for birthing these songs finally <laughs> yeah. um, is to not have them just stay dormant in my head. Very cool. First song off the EP is called Thick as Thieves. All right, so we'll listen to a bit and then we'll talk about it. Cool. Your breakfast cup is empty Coffee's dried on the side mm-hmm. You left at 7.30 You'll be home on Friday So 
did you, did you write this about your husband? Yeah, so yeah. at the time, my husband was, um, he'd landed a job working um, in Orange in New South Wales, which uh, is about a three-hour round trip for us. So at the end of mm. a day, it was going to, you know, take quite a while for him to drive back home and, you know, the risk of hitting ruse on the road yep. is very real out here and we've hit quite a few and does damage to the car and it's just a risk that we didn't want to take. So um, the people that he was working for are very good friends of ours. Um, they've been best friends of ours for 20 odd years and um, they offered for um, my husband Brett to stay overnight and, um, you know, that he could stay there for a couple of nights a week and um, and so he did. He stayed overnight a couple nights a week there and um, which was so lovely for him but really hard for me to That's track number one. That's thick as thieves. Track number yeah. track number two is called "Railroading Me." Yeah. What does railroading me hurt uh, mean? Because I've never heard that saying before. Yeah, so it's a phrase that. Oh, I've just lost my thing. Sorry. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> so railroading me means um, it's a phrase that means basically that someone is trying to um, control you and and take you over. Uh, right. okay. um, and and I had seen this in a couple of people in my life. I'd seen it happen in their lives, and it was. Um, it was very difficult watching it and yet there was a journey that unfolded of them kind of breaking free and, and um, cutting the shackles off and, and being able to walk away from that. But, yeah, it's kind of like a, a relationship that can often be very controlling. Track three, which is my favourite, Walk in Contradiction. I love this. It's so cool. Uh, oh, thank so you. So cool. Yep. Thank you so much. It, it took me back to my childhood too, just <laughs> listening, to this, listening to the stuff, to the music, you know. That's uh, really cool. Yeah. Now it's just a kid. The records would flip on and off on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. Yeah, my 
So how did this one come about? Um, I think I was incredibly inspired by Lauren Hill because she's probably my favourite artist ever. I actually had the pleasure of meeting her face-to-face last year, the beginning of last year, which was such a cool such a cool thing that happened very randomly but awesome with my sister-in-law um but yeah at, she I, I just loved how she told the stories of her childhood and um I, I just I don't know just one day I was driving around um in between my sons playing basketball I dropped them off and I was driving to the music shop to get my guitar strings changed <laughs> and I literally just heard this kind of little and I thought oh man there's something about that that reminds me of kind of records and kids childhood like so I had to pull over and uh, record it just you know it was like written in about 10 minutes and um I had to rework the bridge a little bit, but um, and that little chord progression in the bridge that kind of goes, dun, 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 you may think I'm mad. Um, that's even that I heard my dad play that little slide down oh, cool. um, as a kid, and awesome. uh, I just yeah. kind of tried to, to emulate it. What I really like it is right at the end, um, I'm not going to play it here, so people they're going to have to go and listen to it to hear it. Um, <laughs> is, is how the how it the vocals sort of tr- it, it sort of the bass gets pulled out yeah and, and you can hear the, you can hear the record and it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's your record you know i'm it's so glad brilliant. you like that yeah it's so cool really really <laughs> cool i really i asked my my producer was craig honeyset and yep. um i said to craig one day you know it's really weird but i'd really love it if you could do this effect where it almost sounds like a record is spinning and if we ever do a film clip for it that's exactly how i envisage that part you know, yep. fading out to that. So yeah, I'd love. Uh, I love that you got that. That's Nailed awesome. it. Yeah, it's really, really <laughs> Thank cool. You. Very cool. Um, next track is "Back in Town," which was the single. Yeah, this was the single, um, and it's got this kind of country vibe to it. Yeah. And this is part of why it's, the whole album is called "Walking Contradiction" because you know you don't expect to hear this kind of stuff from mm. me, probably. We got music playing, we're talking and laughing on the dirty road near where the river runs dry. It's done pretty well with the country, um, you know, kind of community, and um, had a couple number, a couple weeks at number one um, on a couple of radio stations that went worldwide. So that's really, oh, great. that's really Fantastic. encouraging. Yeah. Fantastic. Very cool. Thank you. Very cool. Um, next one is So Far. So mm. Yeah, this, this is 
my favourite. I just love the bassy lines in this. So what's this one all about? Yeah, so this one's a real reflection of uh, mental health, um, you know, battles that people in our immediate family have had. And um, although it's not exactly my struggle, I've been right there for the whole thing. And, um, you know, it's it's a very hard thing to watch sometimes when people struggle so desperately and so so much. And, um, you know, the, the big cry line in that is don't let me be done. And I think that for me is... Um, you know what we've what we've seen in people is that they actually don't want to be done. They want people to hold on to them yeah. um, and help them through, but they also want the pain to finish. You know, and um, so it's it's so much of it is about really having those conversations about supporting um, you know people through and recognizing and acknowledging those feelings. You know, the feelings that things just crumble around them um, and they feel like they're tumbling down into a you know the cavernous deep. And um, as it says in the in one of the lines, and so you know that for me is yeah it's important that if people are struggling they reach out in the right places and if you see those people struggling around you to just really acknowledge it but let them know you know you're not done don't be done and finally track number six let you fly yeah, beautiful, yeah, this one. Beautiful little thanks. ballad, this one. Oh, thank you. I've got a, um, I've got you know five kids, and the eldest is eighteen, and uh, is about to fly fly the nest. You know, at some point in the next couple of years, probably. Oh right. Okay. And uh, this this is that feeling that every parent has, I think, that you you want them to fly. It's hard, but you want them to find their wings and fly. Say goodbye. Although you see my tears fall, we both know it's time. I'm gonna let you go. So the recording sessions for this EP, did you do it all in one in one shot, or did you do it in bits and pieces? Did you get the band? No. Get the band yeah, together? I did. I did it in about three sessions. Okay. Um, that we were actually fully recorded in about three, and um, some of that, you know, those sessions were brainstorming. So um, the studios in Orange, um, yep. over at uh, Dotted Eight Studio. So I had to sort of travel from here. So I would spend, you know, it'd be basically a whole day from when I would leave here about seven o'clock in the morning, um, and then you know I'd go over there and and um, 
and I, I had to have in my mind exactly what we wanted to do. And um, Craig was so flexible, but um, the kind of person that, you know, yeah, he, he said totally, whatever you want to do, you let me know when you come here, what do you want to do? So it was amazing to have that kind of level of control over my decisions creatively. Um, and he just supported them. And um, so he did all of the post-production when I wasn't there, um, including, you know, putting down. So he played all the other instruments, which is oh, incredible. Wow. It's just the two of us. Yeah. So he did, yeah, he played live drums. He did the bass. um, He did percussion and, you know, all the sampling and stuff. And so if there was, there were things that, you know, I wasn't keen on, he'd send it through to me via email. So we were really doing it, um, you know, over, over distance, I I guess, because it wasn't like I can just go with five kids. Oh, I'll just pop into the studio, (laughs) you know? Um, So I had to do it. Yeah. We had, we were on um, it and it wasn't really time constraints. It was more that they were self imposed like there were things that I wanted to get done I understand. you know sort of by the beginning of the year but um so we recorded in November last year so it was really sort wow. of November yeah and and by um January you know it was all done he had he had made sure that everything was mixed and mastered sent through to me and I could get everything pressed and um and distributed and I chose to go through an Australian distributor as well just so that I could you know keep it as local as possible um and yeah which was it was such an amazing journey because it was just the two of us I think um you know when you have a band there's lots of other complications that you can have or studio like session musos and things but um and maybe sometimes it's easier too I don't know but um for this it was it was fantastic to work with Craig he's he's a dead set legend in my book that's great when we first started talking about this um it was, it was this getting taught. It was the start of COVID nineteen, and you to- yeah. you told me that you were ready to start playing some shows, mm-hmm. and due to your immune system being a bit down, you couldn't. You were you were at extra high risk. Yeah, absolutely. I actually so you had to cancel. The- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I pulled the pin just before the formal lockdown happened, you know, um, before venues actually closed. I had to go and see my doctor. So I don't have a spleen. I have a rare blood disease and um, I've been in remission for years, but um, I do have a compromised immune system and, Mm. um, you know, I just have to be really careful about that. And I went and saw my doctor and said, what do you think? And he said, yeah, I think it's probably best if you don't play because you're just you know, we don't know what this is going to look like right now. It was at the beginning, as you said, of the whole COVID situation. And so um, I knew that, that that was going to mean that the launch that I had planned for the EP, I mean, I'd booked the hall, I'd booked, um, you know, the bus, but everything was, was going to go ahead and um, and I had to come to terms with that's not going to go ahead. <laughs> um, but, you know, if it hadn't been for COVID, yeah, it would have been, we had acts lined up, we had, you know, um, muso friends of mine who were going to support. Um, we had people who were on a launch team who were ready to help me get this all out there. And, um, and yeah, it was a, it was pretty demoralizing, you know, in hindsight, you'd go, wow, 
why did why would you have released it at this time? But I'm a big believer I mean, who, who, in who things not, happening. Has, no, no one knew. No one 100%. knew. Hundred <laughs> No. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, if if you'd known, you wouldn't have done it. But we For didn't sure. know. Yeah. And in the meantime, you know, okay, all the gigs and all the venues, of course, then just started contacting me and sending messages saying, "I'm really sorry, Lucy, but you know, we have to cancel our gigs at the moment." And and I knew that it was going to happen. It was totally. Um, once one, once you know the uh, announcements started coming from the premier and stuff, we knew that that was going to be inevitable. But um, you know, and, and I'm not the only one. And my sister, who's a, a professional musician in Melbourne, um, she was in the same boat, you know. And all of her, her, all of her friends were in the same boat. And her venue started contacting her, and so I was encouraged because she and I could talk about it, and I knew that I wasn't alone. And same as some of the local musicians here. And then, of course, we started getting requests from people saying, "Would you like to jump online and do, you oh, know, cool. this kind of live thing?" Cool. Or um, and some of those were original nights um, where I could sing originals so that was really special because I don't think that that would have um happened had I you know not been able had I been just doing my normal gigs I mean I'd, I had a calendar that was pretty much booked till the end of the year um full of gigs so uh in the normal circuit you know um so yeah it, it's enabled me to meet new people that I, my paths wouldn't have crossed with um I did a a live with um Chris Schubert who was he was on the bill as well who's um you know safety of life at sea and um just to even have shared a bill with him was amazing even if it was on like a live I didn't I didn't mind um so yeah it was incredible to to have new opportunities that I wouldn't have thought of of happening either had COVID not ex- not um happened great now, where can we, where can we buy your album? Yeah, so I've got and, a website, on, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that first. Where can you buy it? And then, if you can't buy it, where are you gonna, where can you stream it from? Awesome. Yeah, so you can buy it from my website, which is uh, www.lucyaustin.com. Yep. Uh, link, link in the Luce. show notes. Yep. Awesome, awesome, because Lucy's a bit weird. <laughs> the spelling's the Fijian spelling um, of L-U-S-I. But, yeah, um, so it's on there and people can download the album. They can go to Bandcamp and search for me on Bandcamp or um, as well and you can buy the album through Bandcamp. Um, and then streaming, all the normal streaming services, so, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and uh, Deezer and all, all of the places. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, and uh, I do have physical copies of the CD. So uh, people can just send me, you know, a message on my contact page. On, on, um, I found it hard trying to actually sell them um, with postage and things, and the shopping cart was a bit dodgy. And I just thought, no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I've I've pretty much had to do everything myself. So I've built the website myself. I've, you know, done all of those. Like the publicity stuff has all been myself. When you when you're an independent and you're small and you're in a rural town and you have a family um you know on on a single income you don't really have that opportunity to hire a a publicist and um well um, I mean you can but it just takes out a lot more of the you know um I guess a lot more um commitment and then a lot more you know in, in terms of financial commitment so which we just couldn't do we couldn't afford that um and so, yeah, I, I still have the CDs. I, I paid to have them pressed and people, like even tonight actually just before this, a, a lady from Cara messaged me and just said, we haven't had a, a chance to get one of your CDs yet. Can I come and pick one up tomorrow or can you drop it in? So, awesome. um, yeah, and I sent two off today in the post. Um, so, you know, people can people can still do that and it's, it's easy to do it. 
Awesome. Lucy Austin, this has been an absolute pleasure. Sorry it's taken me so long to get to get this No, rolling. not at all. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stevie, for having me. I oh, really appreciate sweet it. Sweet as It's been like, lovely. Like I said, I really like your EP. Um, I'll be listening Thank to you. it. And um, if you're listening... Go to the links below, go to Lucy's website and Spotify and all that sort of stuff and um, buy it and stream it. Don't steal it. Buy it. <laughs> buy, buy it. Buy it. If you can't buy it, stream it. Yeah, yep. awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. I really appreciate your support and um, everyone who's who's listening, who takes a, a punt and goes and has a listen, I really appreciate it too. So thank you. Awesome. Good stuff, Lucy. Thank uh, yeah. you. All right. Catch you later. Okay, cheers. See ya.